So all in this amazing book. I'm going to read another excerpt. I was recently on a transatlantic, not me, but this fella. I was recently on a transatlantic flight from Ethiopia to D.C. I got tired of reading right around the time we passed the Rock of Gibraltar. So I watched a film called We Bought a Zoo based on a true story. Matt Damon plays the role of a British writer, Benjamin Mee who rescues a failing zoo while coming to terms with his life as a widower and a single father. One line in the film is unforgettable. Sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. That's not just a line, a good line from a screenplay. It can change the plot line of your life. 20 seconds of insane courage. That's all it takes. That's about how long it took Peter to get out of the boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. That's about how long it took for David to charge Goliath. And that's about how long it took Zacchaeus to climb a sycamore tree. History turns on a dime, and that dime is a defining decision that takes about 20 seconds of insane courage. But if you have the courage to take that one step of faith and climb the cliff, it will change your life forever. Courage. Today we're going to talk about courage. We've talked about repentance. We've talked about consecration. What we're doing is we're setting you up over these four sermon series here for you to go all in, for you to see a change in 2016. Some of the things that the body of Christ needs to step into and continue to step into and rise up in. And today, the word of the Lord for you is courage, strength, and courage. Amen? As I was uh, kind of contemplating, I always like stories, so I'm, you know, online and I'm looking up fun stuff. There was a a woman uh, that lived in Poland during World War II. Her name was Irina Sadler. She was an amazing woman, and as she watched, she was an amazing Christian woman in Poland, and as she watched all of the Jews being herded up and being placed in the ghetto that was walled in, that they couldn't come or go, and that that their their fates were so, so sealed... She couldn't just stand by and watch it. She couldn't just let life unfold and walk along in her own way. But instead, she, being a nurse, got permission and access into the ghetto. And she brought in food, and she, she, would, she would minister to those people. And while she was there, she would find the youngest of children, and she would drug them. And then she'd stuff them in the bottom of the sacks of potatoes. And in the bottoms of the crates that she had used to bring in supplies. And then she would drive them out. She would wave at the guards as she would go. With her cargo in the back. She smuggled 5,000 children out of the hands of the Nazis and out of sure death. When she'd get them home, she'd write their name on a jar, in a jar. She buried, buried that jar in the back, her backyard. Insane courage. Every time she went in, she would drive out with more children. And every time she drove out with children in her sacks, she faced the fact that she could be caught. One day she was caught. And she was thrown into a concentration camp herself. They broke, 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 hold it broke both of her legs. She spent years in there. She survived. Insane courage. Insane strength. When she got out, she dedicated the rest of her life, though she was in a wheelchair, to finding those children and giving them their identity back. And getting them involved and and sent out into orphanages and, and Christian families. Insane courage. The world needs people 
godly people who will step out into insane courage. And today I want to encourage you, you will not leave today the same if you will allow the Lord to minister into your heart the things he wants to minister into your heart. Amen? Fear. Fear is the opposite of courage. If you're going to do anything great in life, you're going to have to face your fears. Fear and courage are in a war inside of every single human being. There is a war between fear and courage inside of you. There is a war between fear and courage. Someone say amen. Have you ever felt that war inside of you? Why does fear want to be so resident inside of our our very deepest of our beings? Why, why, why? Your life, your career, your family, your future, your society, the kingdom of God are all determined on how this war plays out in your life. The war between courage and fear. God knows us. He knows you. And he's extremely interested in how this war goes. He is extremely invested in you choosing courage instead of fear. Satan is also extremely interested in you. And he is extremely invested in how this war goes. And he extremely desires that fear would reign and rule in your life. How will the war go? How will the war go? How will the war go? Why is fear so common in humanity? Well, I told you a couple of weeks ago that God and man, God has desired closeness with man. And when we started out, we were ever so close. We fit right up into the presence of God. And when man and God walk together, it is an amazing thing. There's, there's this incredible thing. It reminds me of father and son walking and doing life together. Father and son, son and father. Son fits right up inside of daddy. He fits right there. And when he's scared, he runs to daddy. Daddy picks him up and he fits right in here and he snuggles in. There is a, a sense of security and protection, an incredible thing when child is nestled in with daddy. But in chapter 3 of Genesis, there was a separation of man and sin came in and broke that bond. And from that point on, man has not had that place naturally with God. In fact, in chapter 3 of Genesis, God's coming to walk in the garden with with man and he calls out, where are you? You Usually they're right together and man runs to God and they had this amazing relationship. and, And like all of a sudden, there's no man. God calls out, where are you, Adam? Where are you? And it's silent, crickets. All of a sudden, there's a little rustling in the bushes over to the side. I'm over here. I heard you calling, but I was afraid. Fear, the first time fear entered into mankind is when sin broke that bond, that bond. And from that moment on, there has been a sense of insecurity in every single human being ever born. Insecurity, unprotected fear. We're all common to it. Raise your hand if you've ever felt that. All across the building. Fear. Fear is so common to mankind. But when you come to Christ, 
That's where God wants to come in, and he wants to erase that and bring you into a place of courage. Today, he wants to absolutely eradicate fear in his kids. Fear is a natural base instinct. It's the very core of your being. Anything new, anything next level, anything different, better, breakthrough, anything kingdom will require courage. So as we're talking here over these last weeks and and as we're pressing into the kingdom and wanting to know answers and future desire and future leading and direction, it's going to produce fear in you. But I would say today, the Lord will be there to meet you with courage. Takes us once again to the big breakthrough of the Old Testament. We've been talking about it. I want you to open up right now to Joshua 1. I think back in my own life. I I cannot believe how insidious fear is in us. I have found even that even in my relationship with my husband, whenever I begin to feel a little insecure. Like, I'm not sure, and a little bit, well, fear wants to rise up, and fear does crazy things in us. It makes us become controlling. It makes us, it makes, it, it just makes us do weird things. Joshua 1.1. Children of Israel, they've been enslaved, they've been delivered, They've marched around the desert for 40 years. We talked about this last week. They pull up to the Jordan. Now, they'd been to this spot about 40 years ago, and it didn't go so well, if you all remember that. But they find themselves back at that same place, and it's time to break through. Everybody say breakthrough. It is time to break through, and I would say even here today, there are many of you who have been wandering and walking and trying to break through, and now is the time. They stood at the Jordan. They stood there ready to go. And here is what God has to say to them. Now, their great leader, Moses, who did all those amazing, amazing miracles, who has this staff that when he'd throw it down, it'd turn into a snake. And he'd go over and he, I mean, this guy was incredible. What a leader. But you know what? His time was done, and it was time for someone new to step in. And this is Joshua, and Joshua is going to lead them into the promised land. Let's read what God has to say. Joshua 1, verse 1, and we're going to go down a couple of verses. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead, and now then you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where your foot sets, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all of the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I never, I will never, ever, ever leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people 
to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate it on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. No, brother, successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Some, some translations say dismayed. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. They are about ready to get a breakthrough. And God comes to Joshua and gives him this most amazing, amazing conversation. Fear. Some, for some reason, God knew. He needed to get Joshua a message. And that message is, be strong and courageous. Everybody look at somebody and say, be strong and courageous. So I want to take some, just, I have a few minutes left here. We're going to get you out of here on time, get to that halftime. But uh, I have a few moments, so I'm going to use them to my best ability right now. Amen? Let's, let's take it from the top here, because I want to put, there's so much in this section I want to move your hearts with the heart of God because this is such a message for you. Every one of you who stand at your breakthrough, every one of you that has a promise from God, this is your message. Amen? So let's start from the top. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, uh, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you. And I want to stop right there. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you. Can I tell you something? If there's one thing that's for sure in life, you are going to die. And the people around you are going to die. This life and humanity is set up as a constant marching, revolving march towards the end of eternity. And humanity is not to live on this earth con- you know, forever, for eternity. They pop up, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. It is a constant changing landscape. And I am here to tell you that if you are walking in the midst of change right now in your life, welcome to life. Welcome to life. And I have watched so many, including my very little own self, who is completely comfortable in enjoying life, thinking that this is how it will be forever, and all of a sudden, change. And whenever I hit change, I'm always like, whoa. Maybe, maybe it wasn't right. Maybe, maybe, you know, and I start questioning everything. And I've watched so many people that when change hits their life, they lose sight of the non-negotiables. Because there's some things that do not change in life, though there are things that change in life. The children of Israel had been following a mighty, mighty, mighty man of God named Moses who had done amazing things. But I, and you know, if I were God, I would do things a little differently. 
about the time Moses came to this point in life, he'd, he'd really been through a lot, and he'd learned a lot, and he'd finally matured. And about the time he finally matures, guess what? Time for him to be done. The next guy comes along, and he, Joshua, comes, comes on the scene, and he's untested, unsure, and it's time for him to rise up. Can I tell you something? This is what God is saying to some people in this room. Moses, my servant, the one that used to lead, is dead. Now you. Now you. What? I'm just a kid. See, Moses, Joshua was Moses' servant. Joshua felt comfortable serving. Yeah, what can he do? He did not have to bear the weight of the people. He could serve Moses and then go home. Moses was the leader. He bore the burden of the people. He would go to work in the daytime and he would come home and he would carry, the Bible says he carried them like a father carries a child in his bosom constantly. But now Moses is gone. And what does God say? And now you. And now you. Your life has gone through some changes, people. Things aren't the same as they were before. But now it's time for you. Are you letting that soak in? Let this soak in. Because God is now calling you to rise up in your place at your time. See, Joshua wasn't the leader, and now he is. There was a time in your life that you were not the leader, and you were not the one that is a, a you know, you, you weren't number one guy. But I would say right now, maybe God is calling you to, yes, step into it, and you're standing there still being, well, I'm this. I'm not that. I'm this. I am here to tell you that life changes, and the, the, the ministry and the leadership of this world needs to shift at times and he's calling now you to step into something that you have probably never done before and now you God is always prepared do not ever be afraid of change he's always prepared with the next thing in line even if it's you amen Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan. Uh, I want you to notice here that up in verse 1 it says, the Lord said. The Lord said. Whenever you're about to get a breakthrough, a change, all of that kind of thing, you better hear the Lord say something. Because if the Lord can say something to you, then you have something to walk on. Amen? And that's what these weeks are, these dedicated fasting prayer times, is so that you can get a Lord said in your life. And I would say to you, people of God, if you don't have a Lord said in your life, seek him. Seek him and he'll give you a Lord said. So what was the Lord said for Joshua here? I love these words. 
Verse 3, I will give you every place that you have set your foot, as I promised Moses. Now, he's going to cross the Jordan, and there's going to be all sorts of people up against him. The Lord said, what? The Lord said the kings over there are going, you, you said, what? This is my stuff. You're not coming in here. And, and Joshua comes walking up, and he said, but the Lord said, everywhere my foot treads is mine and the Lord's. Do you see the power of a Lord said in your life? Do you see the power of the Lord said in your life? And would you come front face with everything that is contrary to the, your, your Lord said, what do you do? Oh, oh, really? Maybe the Lord was wrong. Maybe I heard wrong. Or do you say, no, the Lord said everywhere, my feet tread, are go- that is going to be mine Verse 3, I will give you every place that you set your foot as a promise, Moses. Your territory will extend. And he explains all that at the very end there at verse 5. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. The Lord said, how many of you have a Lord said in your life? How many of you need another Lord said in your life? How many of you have had the Lord say something in your life? If you have a Lord said, you got what you need. If you have a Lord said, you got the Lord. You got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. Even though if it doesn't look like it, it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't seem like it. If the Lord has said, then the Lord has said. And the Lord is God and he will never lie. Moving on. Verse six, be strong and courageous. I want you to see that three times he says, be strong and courageous, three times. The, word, the number three is a, a, word, a, a number of completion. It's also a signposting word. If you ever see three things, him repeat three things, that means, hey, stop, stop, stop everything and take a look. When the angels fall before the throne room in heaven, they cry out, holy, holy, holy. Three. So our first, be strong and courageous. First of all, I want you to understand what strong means. Strong means to seize, to conquer, and to be obstinate. Everybody say obstinate. 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 Some of us in this room are really good at being obstinate. Some in this room are not very good at being obstinate. Oh, really? Okay. Are there a few of those in this room? How many are obstinate? Come on. They're so, you're so obstinate, you don't want to raise your hand. Obstinate. I am obstinate. My, I have memories. My, some of my earliest memories, I'm looking at my mother going, no! It's a wonderful memory. Amen? And I raised a couple of obstinate ones. I won't tell you which ones I raised that were obstinate. But there's this, this obstinate. That's what the word strong means. It does not necessarily mean these things here, these guns. It means obstinate. There's a strength in obstinance. Somebody say obstinance. There's a reason that God created obstinance. It's only been twisted by the devil to turn into rebellion. 
But obstinacy, whatever the word is, obstinance is a God-given gift to his body for you to use. Strong and obstinate. So always think obstinate. Courageous. Courageous means, where is it? Steadfast. Of steadfast mind. Courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be obstinate and steadfast. I mean, so steadfast, you're going to be obstinate about it. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to your forefathers to give you them. You will lead. You will lead. Your first um, absolute reason for being strong and courageous because he is now calling you a leader. There's no one left in this room that is not a leader. Say, I am a leader. So therefore now be strong, be absolutely obstinate and courageous. He is calling you. Number two, let's hit our third or our second. Verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law of my Moses, uh, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the left or the right. You may be successful and wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Number one, strong and courageous because you are a leader. There's no question about it. Number two, be strong and courageous and take my word and put it in your mouth and do not let it depart and then you will be successful. Be strong and courageous with the word. Do you hear me? With the word. Now in your your bulletin, uh, do you have a card there with a bunch of verses on it? Did that get in? No? Yes? Okay, Mary has one. I don't know where they are. We have a few. I put those in there because they are verses that I want you to memorize this week. I absolutely want you to remember, would some of the ushers go find me some of those cards? Go find Mandy and find some cards. Right now, run as fast as your little legs will carry you. All right. Anyway, you have to be strong and courageous with the word of God in your mouth. He said, do not let the word of God depart from your mouth. In other words, it can never, your mouth can never be filled with anything except for the word of God. Be obstinate about it. Be obstinate about it. I don't care if you have cancer. I don't care if you have a little cold germ. I don't care if you have strife. What does the word of God say about it? And that never departs from your mouth. Never departs from your mouth. How many times have we just went and let it depart from our mouth and then we say whatever we want to say? What is truth, people? Be obstinate about it. Be obstinate about it. Have you ever seen a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old who's obstinate? I want you to get a little obstinance about you when it comes to the word of God and the promises and the Lord, what the Lord has said. Get some obstinance about you. Never, ever, ever let the word of God depart from your mouth. We aren't obstinate enough. They're going to pass those out. I want you to take that home. I want you to put it up. When you sit down to eat your breakfast every morning, I want you to pick one of these verses. I want you to memorize it. I want you to memorize it. I want you to put it in your heart. And then I want all day long that verse coming out of your mouth. Every day. All day long. Getting some obstinance about you. There's verses on there about fear, about strength, about all sorts of things. But let's get some obstinance about I don't know about I am an obstinate person. You do not cross me. 
remember verse 9. We'll finish up. Have I not commanded you? Here's his question. Have I not commanded? Have I not said this yet already? Be strong and courageous. I love it when he says, have I not said any? Have I said this? I don't know. Maybe I haven't. Let me say it one more time. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Terrified means to be harassed and shaken. Do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Discouraged means to be broken down through violence or confusion, being broken down. Courage, think about courage. And then you're so courageous and you're so bold and then all of a sudden things happen. And, or maybe somebody comes up and like knocks you down or there's some kind of violence that happens to you. Or maybe, maybe there's just some confusion that happens in the ranks and all of a sudden that clear clarion courage becomes discouraged. Discourage. Being shaken by either a violent action or through confusion. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Who is this Lord God? He raised Christ from the dead. He created the universe. Read Ephesians 1, starting at verse 17. It's an amazing passage. I'm not going to go there. Who is this God that's with you? The most amazing, mighty, powerful, awesome creator of the universe. Mighty. You look at Mount Rainier. He's, he's more than that. That's a little out of him. He is the most amazing, mighty God, and he is inside of you. And he looks at you, little child of God. He looks at you, little child of God. Little young man, young man, young woman. Do not be discouraged and don't be terrified. For I will never leave you nor forsake you. Woo, yes! I say to you, people of God, become obstinate and courageous. And if you will do that, we can do great things. Come on up, uh, band. I'm going to close with one more short story. There was a man in the Bible, his name was Ezekiel. I don't know about you, but Ezekiel is a weird name. Don't ever name your kid Ezekiel. Do we have an Ezekiel in here? I don't know. Hope not. Ezekiel, strange name, stranger book of the Bible, I'm telling you right now. Ezekiel was sent to the people of God. God knew he was calling him to do something tough. God knew he was calling him to go out to the hardest people to face the hardest situation, to do the hardest thing. And God spoke to Ezekiel, and he said, Ezekiel, I'm not calling you to go to just a foreign land, to minister to people that don't speak your language or whatever. I'm calling you to your people. See, sometimes it... Going somewhere, running, going to another place seems easier than standing firm right where you're at, facing the normal people you face every day with, with the word of God in your life. Sometimes staying right where you're at is the hardest thing to do. 
And God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I'm calling you to your people. I'm calling you to your situation. You're not going to run. You're going to face those who are in front of you. And I'm going to do something. I'm going to change something. You know that forehead of yours right there? I'm going to change that forehead. I'm going to turn it into flint. Somebody say flint. Flint is the hardest substance known at that time. Flint is not soft and gentle. It is hard. And God said, I'm going to change your forehead to flint. Because I need you to be strong and courageous. I need you to become obstinate. I need you to pound your situation right now with strength and with courage. What did they used to make with flint? What did they use flint for? Number one, fire starter. The flint on your forehead when the mighty people of God rise up and he replaces your forehead with flint. You are able to be strong and courageous and you are able to start fires.
infusing you from the tops of your fingertips to the tips of your toes. For you have nothing to fear in, any longer in Jesus' name. And he is infusing you 